BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the podcast. Damn, it's been a big week. We just got back from the Transmoto 8-hour and I just want to give a shout out. This is not a paid ad. This is just me being an absolute frother on the format that those guys run for their events. Uh, We had 12 of us in our crew all camped together and all racing uh, the 8-hour in Mackay and hands down one of the most fun events I've ever been a part of. Uh, I will 100% be making the pilgrimage from Brisbane to Mackay for that event next year. Um, and if you, I know a lot of you guys are into motocross and, and trail riding. Uh, it's kind of our, I guess, our core group of listeners. If you've never been to a Transmoto event, do it. It's, I can't tell you how good it is. The spirit of, of what they're doing is, to me, everything that racing and riding a dirt bike should be. I'm going to try and be quick because we've got a lot of stuff to get through. But we will be going back for the event at Conondale, uh, which is in mid-August. But just go to transmoto.com.au, go to their events page, and that'll give you all the info because I'll probably get it wrong. Also, Boost Mobile was one of the major sponsors for the 8-hour, and I'm pretty sure they're across all of the Transmoto events. I've said it before, but I just can't stress how important it, it is to support the people that support us and our small industry i can also tell you that i had impeccable service the entire time i was at the eight hour event it's kind of in the sticks a little bit as most motocross tracks are but we were able to blast music watch crazy cat videos and upload a lot of random stuff to our instagram story as some of you may have seen over the weekend so that was all thanks to the boost mobile 4G network that uh, runs on the Telstra network. So I was not without service for that entire weekend. Uh, And not to mention, I had an absolute boatload of data to play random 90s playlists and some pirate metal. I'm going to actually pause this and I'm going to figure out the name of that band. Righto, I'm back. Uh, Ailstorm, A-L-E-S-T-O-R-M. And the album is no grave but the sea deluxe edition we were pissing ourselves laughing to this album the entire drive down so have a listen if you're keen for a laugh it's actually really good um also i've been on the road a lot lately and wi-fi has been patchy to say the least and i've actually just been using my phone to hotspot to my laptop and this podcast that is getting uploaded right now is being done via that hotspot on boost mobile so Instead of telling you guys about all the features which you've heard before on the podcast, just thought I'd give you a little bit of uh, insight into how I'm using it, not only in my day-to-day life to kind of stay connected and and do that whole deal, but also um, as a tool for work and for the podcast. This week's podcast is pretty deep. It's kind of, um, well, not kind of, it's super personal. Um, It is with 
a guy by the name of Sam Webb. Young dude, same age as me, 29 years old, and he started a charity with his friend called Livin' after his friend committed suicide in 2013. It's super heavy. Um, and honestly, like I said some stuff that in hindsight, like I kind of almost don't want to share, but when I kind of went back and thought about it, it's like, man, if it helps people or if it kind of, I guess, encourages somebody to maybe talk about some of the stuff that they've had to deal with in their life, um, then it's worth doing. Uh, that kind of leads into something that our next sponsor, Nobby Underwear, um, the creator, owner, founder of Nobby, Rob and I were just having a conversation on the phone and he said that the whole mental health thing is something that's like really close to him and it's kind of something that he tries to, I guess, like work into the brand um, with Nobby Underwear and he kind of raised a pretty cool point to me that, that basically said that a lot of times in life we kind of aren't really reflecting our true selves in our in our outer kind of persona in a way I guess you'd say um, and that on the inside sometimes there's a lot uh, different kind of emotions and, and vibes going on than, than what we do show to the outside world and he said that with the underwear and the kind of crazy colors and patterns and designs that they do it's almost like this um, reflection of yourself that you sort of do keep inside. Maybe there's people that, you know, have these uniforms that they have to wear, which really aren't kind of conducive to who they are or their personality. And even though they do have to kind of button up a suit to work at a bank or put on high vis to work on a construction site, they can kind of have that personalized touch with their knobby underwear that kind of does reflect them in a way and I thought that was kind of cool that they think on that level and their underwear is about as expression as much as it is about being functional underwear Um, so I just thought that was kind of like a cool tie-in to what we've got going on in this podcast for more information or to join the undie club head to knobby.com.au and follow the lovely guys and girls at knobby underwear on instagram this is a heavy one. Um, I really enjoyed doing it. And I just, I guess I just wanted to say in the intro to it kind of come up in the podcast, but if you are going through a struggle in life, um, these times pass and the more you bounce back from these situations, the better you are at dealing with them when they come up in the future. And I guess like seeing them potentially come up as it's happening. Um, so if, you're in a place right now where you're in basically the hardest point of your life and you haven't really gone through something like this before, know that it does get better and not only does it get better, but the more you have these wins and you kind of come back from these dark places, the better you are going to be at dealing with them. So hang in there, talk to somebody. There's so many places to get help. A lot of info is at livin.org um, and slide in the gypsy tales dms i'm always down to chat um it's been great meeting a lot of you via that um that dm since we've started this podcast so i mean this is i guess this is going to be a personal episode if you've got stuff you want to share send it on through at gypsy tales podcast on instagram and yeah let's have a chat um living is all about removing the stigma around mental health and creating a conversation um so i mean yeah we can get our own conversation going within our little gypsy gang community all right i'm just gonna get into it right now 
Gypsy Tales with Sam Webb. Sam Webb, welcome to the podcast, mate. I'm excited for you to be here. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here too, up on the Gold Coast. You're a um, you're a hard man to uh, to track down too because you're traveling all over the world all the time. It's uh, it's definitely not as glamorous, man, as it, as it looks. That's for sure. But yeah, traveling is definitely part of what I've locked myself into with with uh, running a, a mental health and suicide prevention organization. But I'm extremely grateful to to do what I do. I, I wouldn't trade it back for anything. Obviously, I'd have my mate back here but can't do that now what um i mean i i try not to go into these with like too much knowledge um but i obviously i knew the story before i reached out to you um how hard is it for you to tell the story over and over and over and over like because i mean obviously like this show for the people that haven't heard of you like we're gonna have to give backstory but it, it must be uh a tough thing for you to constantly live through yeah it is i mean i think the last four and a bit years has been a bit of a journey for me i mean self-care is the most important thing especially in working within the mental health space uh retelling the same story over and over again is something that i have to do regardless it's part of spreading the mission far and wide and part of that telling that story there's a lot of you know nice special times you know, I remember the really good times, uh, but also off the back of that, there's some very tragic times. And I think part of, you know, telling your story is creating hope and inspiration for other people out in the world that are listening or, you know, jumping on the living movement. And, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad. And as long as you've got, you know, measures in place to look after yourself at the end of the day, I think that's really, really important. Yeah, And def- something I've had to learn. Definitely. Um, I'm just going to turn fridge yeah these mics work like really good when you're up super close they pick up they pick up anything yeah how clear is it i know they're like 500 dollars mics i always tell people there that these are the mics that michael jackson used (laughs) the rolls royce yeah so um yeah with i guess we have to give um that backstory then so you had a friend um this is kind of what I understand. Um, you had a friend that came to you one night at a party, said that he was struggling with some uh, mental health stuff, like thoughts of suicide and stuff like that. You didn't really know how to deal with it at the time, um, from what I can gather. And then that night, he actually passed away. Is that sort of how it all went down? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely along those lines. Um, for me, 2013 was very turbulent year for me personally i mean not to touch too much on my own backstory personally but uh yeah it was a very bad year for me in a lot of different ways uh personally as well i was at a bit of a crossroads probably what i like to to call the turning point in my life more more or less rock bottom uh i ended up at a party that night with Dwayne Dwayne lally for, for anyone that doesn't know who Dwayne is life of the party very talented at you know what he put his hand at super nice loyal loving dude you know anyone he's just a really great guy from an outside looking in Dwayne had it all and he'd light the room up very talented at sports he was a macho man you know like to you know be you know just be strong and yeah. have the answers like most males do all the time and especially um, in Australian culture man we have that heavy like 
my dad, my granddad, like we've got that lineage of really tough, gritty dudes. Like a lot of, I think a lot of Australians don't come from a lot mm-hmm. as well. So I think that there's, there's definitely, a, I think it's a big Australian culture thing as well to that dude you're describing. Like, I think we all know a guy like that. A hundred percent. And it's, it's been ingrained in our culture for decades, hundreds of years. And it goes back to the days of the hunters and gatherers. And, and it still is to this day. Like males, are, uh, we think we're supposed to have the answers for everything. We're, we're supposed to, you know, be the breadwinners in the family. We're supposed to, to have all the answers. But unfortunately, that's not the case in reality. And uh, that night saw Dwayne open up to me in, in, in ways that I'd never experienced in my life before. And, you know, I listened with a very open mind. And I thought I, I said as you know the right things that I that I knew how in the moment of time with the information that I had and having my own personal struggles and my own mental health challenges and at the very time and uh, having my own family history with mental illness I thought I, I I did pretty good I thought I handled it as best as I could have and Dwayne opened up to me and said that you know whereby you know I've tried to take my life twice before and and I was so caught off guard I didn't see it coming and I'll never forget it because I I tried to wipe out the blank space with with words that I could help or advice and mm. you need to be here and you know like life's better living it and stuff like that and kind of like cliches that you'd sort of heard maybe mm, yeah a lot, a lot, yeah a lot of that but also reassured him that you know he had the right support there and there's so many people that would care for him and would be there if he asked for help and I could I promise you whereby you know I wouldn't do it and if I'm ever in a bad place you know I'll definitely reach out to you and we, we, we resonated very well with a lot of the similar discussions that night, in particular in that room. And um, yeah, about a solid conversation, about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And that was probably the last time I seen Dwayne in Living Proof. I mean, and wouldn't have been soon, soon after that. He, he had a bit of an altercation at the party with someone and um, yeah, he left. And it was about an hour or so later, he, he took his own life. And yeah, I, I I didn't, I didn't believe it because I, I thought that he, you know, maybe was there something I didn't say right or could I have done something differently? I still beat myself up to this day. But, but it sounds like you did mm. say the things that, because it's like, it's hard to really know what the right thing is to say. Like, and I think, I guess that's probably part of the message that, that you're trying to get out with living. And I think that opening a dialogue on a more day to day basis, um, and getting rid of the stigma of that kind of, you know, the challenges that people face. But, um, yeah, it's like, what do, you know, you don't know the right thing to say to a person in that situation. I guess all you can do is give them your best advice. You know what I mean? And especially, you said that was 2013, right? Yeah, September. Were the resources around back then that, we have now like we have living we have these you know different helplines and you know we have like the mental health month with um you know different charities and things like that you know what i mean so it's like i guess you said you know given the information i had at the time like what what else could you have kind of yeah absolutely it's a great point i mean i think at the end of everything and one thing I, i i can take away from from that life defining moment for me personally is probably you know, listening is probably the most important thing you can do. And uh, the more I think about it, the more work that we do in the space and 
I look back now in hindsight, I mean, Dwayne was asking for help that night. He was asking me for help and I couldn't give it to him. I, I thought I could give it to him, but I, I obviously wasn't. And, um, you know, having my own struggles, I thought I, I thought I, I listened as best as I possibly could have. I thought I said everything I possibly could have said and obviously not. You know, I mean, some things just aren't the way they're supposed to be and I did everything I could have in the moment of time as I said and and I can't take that back now Casey who's Dwayne's best mate him and I started living together and we're gonna do it to save one life but the the mission's far greater than that now you know it's huge it's uh as you said earlier there there is a lot of help support out there. there there was that night as well when you're suffering with a diagnosable mental illness your brain tells you things otherwise and yeah no one cares about me or you're worthless and no one will be able to relate to you. But the truth is once you actually ask for help and you speak out, there's a lot of people that can relate to you on many different levels and you'll be surprised a lot and you'll be blown away about the help support that people will give you. Well, I said it, um, we sort of started talking about it for the podcast, but when Robbie come on and he was so candid of saying like if he literally said, if I had a gun last year, I would have killed myself. And I was like, I've known him for, for years. And we had a, we had a day where he crashed and, um, he almost died. And, you know, like it was a, it was a super traumatic thing for like everybody. And there was a few of us that were at his house. And, and then to hear him say that, and it took me back like massively to hear. And I I was like, well, fuck, I don't know what to say right now. But then what happened when that podcast went live? And I got like hundreds of messages from people that said, I've like, I got a message that said like, Hey, I've had depression and I've struggled with stuff my whole life. He said, I've never, ever, ever even told one person about this. And he said, but the fact that Robbie Madison, who is my hero can say that I've had, you know, those kind of uh, struggles and thoughts. I think that, um, that is so powerful because there's a dude that you think is untouchable and it's like you said with um your mates like life of the party so talented and you you don't really relate mental struggles and and mental health issues with people that from the outside look like they have it all Mm -hmm. and i think that when we start sharing these stories of people that you do idolize and you do respect and they say like they're having those same struggles i think it makes it easier for people to hate themselves a little less Mm -hmm. because there's somebody that they look up to going through that same struggle and i think that's what's super powerful about your message is that you've got a lot of really big people that are kind of on board with that living movement and i think that it it does like kind of break down the stigma that people have of like mental health issues like you're not some fucking dipshit drop kick because you're depressed yeah. like man life's fucking hard you at points in your life we probably all should be depressed it's a fit you know what i mean it's a it's a there's a, a spectrum of human emotion and happiness is the one we want to feel but it's it's not guaranteed yeah, it's absolutely. something you've got to kind of work on so i think that for me even it's just knowing that like life's not supposed to be happy all the time yeah, it, can't, it never, it never it can't is. be it never is and and i think that with that it's if it was happy all the time you lose a bat that just becomes like this flat line so it's like you kind of need the the sadness for the happiness to be worth a shit 
but it's like being able to navigate those waves and knowing that there is good that comes from bad and there you know what i mean that a situation's never really you can't judge a situation in the moment so i think it's you know knowing that there's people that have these struggles and then having an awareness of how to kind of deal with it when you do find yourself in that sort of space because you're not you're not weird you're not alone for for one as well Mm -hmm. and it's just knowing that those seasons will pass if you concentrate on getting better yeah and that's the thing i mean that's the hardest battle we face with people that i guess are struggling with a with a mental illness as we speak right now i mean it's it's a very challenging complex beast because when you are in a good headspace you're very quick to to look at the positives and to look at the Mm. good perspectives but when you're in a really bad fragile headspace you sort of tend to look at the things that aren't going right and I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel I can't see the hope but like you said I mean support is it's all about support it's all about having the confidence to speak up and if you're struggling you don't really have the confidence so it's like a catch-22 yeah yeah so you've got to have a good support network around you you've got to be able to feel the confidence to speak up have the right people in your corner that are backing you that reassure you that you know things are going to be all right because I can tell you from my living experience that when you are struggling with something really bad and it's live or die and you know no one else gets it and, mm. and you are alone and no matter how much people tell you oh you're not alone and and all this sort of stuff your mind is telling you you are alone no yeah. one will get it that's how powerful your mind is it's the most powerful thing in the world and what i say to everyone in, in who might be listening right now who, who may be struggling or who has struggled or knows someone that's struggling have the patience i think mm. that's the biggest thing because things do get better and then six months from now or 12 months from now, you might be in a whole different headspace, mentally, physically, spiritually, anything else. And I think at the end of the day, it does get better, but it can take longer for, for, for me. It might take mm. longer for the next person. And what work, you know what might work for me might not work for the next person as well. So it's about trying to find that right fit. To It's so important because that's that's the biggest challenge we face it's not a it's not a one size fits all hat that we can just chuck on everyone and say this worked for sam this is going to work for everyone yeah because it doesn't work like that um it's a combination of everything but i think at the end of the day as well we can we can help our friends we can help our family we can give them the right support we can give them the right tools but i know when i was at rock bottom i had to take full responsibility of my own life and my own actions and then own them wholeheartedly because it was up to me to recover it was up to me to get better and it was up to me to get back on track to start living my life and if it wasn't for me i you know someone can inspire you enough Mm. they can motivate you to take charge but ultimately that decision lies within yourself do you think that we have a bit of a like a problem in society but i think there's a there's a certain thing where I think life got easy to a point where if you, and I mean easy as opposed to traveling from the UK to Australia on a boat, like life's got easier since then. And I think that progressively things got better and life got better and things got easier and we we were able to start, we had more time to think about things, but then now we've kind of got over this tipping point to where we've got too much time to think about things and things were easy and people tell you that you should be happy all the time and that you know what i mean like you you should do this you should do that and then it builds up this expectation in people's heads that if they are struggling that that it's something to do with them but i i think that maybe the the 
the message should be nah dude life's supposed to be hard mm. this whole this whole trip around this rock is supposed to be super fucking difficult we're all in a competition we're all in a race and it's i think that almost society's trying to like dumb that down a little bit and be like we're all equal we're all this it's like i think we need to get to a point where we're confident enough to say that look man this is a race this guy wants a job this guy wants a job this guy wants to be on the sports team this guy like we're all in competition with each other and it's not going to be easy because i i think that there's sometimes there is a problem when there is like that participation award and you're getting something for nothing and i think that creates a culture of people that then let down the expectations that they think others have of them Mm. if that makes sense yeah it does absolutely people are getting rewarded for coming last these days and it's not like it never used to be like that and mm. i think it yeah there's there's a there's a, f- a lot of different areas and a lot of different angles that contribute to to good mental health poor mental health mediocre mental health and i think at the end of everything and when it's all set and done everyone's on their own journey yeah. everyone's on a different wavelength no one's exactly the same everyone's extremely unique and life is never meant to be perfect it's always an up and down roller coaster and that is for everyone as you mm. said about Robbie earlier I mean you, you can be the life of the party you can look like you've got your shit together but no one's life is perfect nobody's no. not not one person in this world is perfect and, and as they say if you've got more dramas are generally greater yeah. Um, so the less you have, you're probably le- less likely to have as many dramas because you don't know what you don't know. Ha- you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, that life's always up and down, and this whole illusion around perfectionism it doesn't exist. Mm. And there's people that chase this thing that literally it doesn't exist. Yeah. Perfection does not exist. Yeah. Perfection is not even. Whoops, sorry. Perfection doesn't even. It's not even. It's not even real. And it's not even worth... I think that's the, the problem is like we... Because, I mean, there's two parts and I guess we're probably like jumping a little bit further. But there obviously is the stuff that you can do when you're in the struggle, which is what you guys focus on. But I think that just as important as that is creating the dialogue that can maybe prevent people from getting that far mm into that place to where they have you know prevention's better yeah, than cure that's exactly where living sit yeah prevention and and i think that it's like knowing that there's there is like some of the hardest shit i've ever done in my life like i've got a friend at the moment and he listens to the podcast he's a fucking legend everybody loves this guy but he's going through a tough time at the moment and he's tough time with work and things like that and you know i said to him the other day like and just like we were saying like you with the travel and stuff like your voice is corked you're tired you you know so like the instagram version of what you're doing is fucking rad but then like how your body feels your throat's sore you can't go to the doctors on time you know what i mean like all that shit so i think that you know you see and that like the robbie madison thing you see him breaking world records you see him doing all of this you see that image and there's a certain picture then you paint of that but i think that like I said to my mate, I was like, dude, there were times like, especially there were times in America where I'd have like friends go to Vegas, right? And I'd have zero dollars in my bank account, zero. And then I'd have some noodles and rice and, and shit in the cupboard. And that was what I had. So everyone else went to Vegas and I got to watch everyone have a good time and I just couldn't do it. And then on the, um, like two days into their trip, the power and water goes out. So it's like winter in California and I've got no electricity and I've got no fucking water. 
So I'm like going to people's house. I ride in a push bike to people's houses because I don't have enough fuel in my car to get to the to my mate's house to even have a hot shower. So it's cold, riding a pushy. And it's like, and I'm doing it because I've got this dream of being this, you know, filmmaker and blah, blah, blah. And you've got money, you know, being a, like in your own business, you've got money coming in, you've got money coming out. And I was just in that real tough time. And it's like, that's a dark moment where you're like, man, I'm a fucking loser. I'm living in a different country. What am I fucking doing? I got no money. I got no water. Like all my mates are in Vegas. Like you're a dipshit. And you're right. Like when you're in that dark moment, it's so easy to hate yourself. It's mm-hmm. so easy to be negative and think that it won't get better. Yeah. But when it does get better, you feel like a fucking Superman because you lived through that thing that was so shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, so I think it's like, I always, whenever I have these tough times now, and I think that the more wins you have over that mentality, the more, the more you pick yourself up after the struggle, the more time it becomes like a, a competition, you know, you can win Yeah, because it's, it, it's like we're in a competition with our own subconscious with your own self yeah, yeah a lot of times i just did a recent post actually on my socials around that so it's like when your back's up against the wall i think i know for me personally and i think for a lot of people that we deal with a lot of people don't like to befriend their struggles yeah so they they deny them a lot of people live in denial so yep. they don't like to admit if they're they're vulnerable they don't like to admit that they're they're unhappy and they don't like to admit that they don't have money in their bank. They don't like to admit they can't get a vague, you know what I mean? And it's like, own those tough times and own the shit where you've been in the bottom. Own that shit where your back's really been up against that wall and use that to propel your next challenge. Mm. And, uh, And it's interesting that you said about the, you're almost challenging your own subconscious and it's like when you're in a bad place and you get through it, you're like, fuck yeah, I got through that, you know what I mean? And it, it all goes back to, I mean, it's really up to you to get through mm. it. And like you said, like in that time and it's dark, you just see dark. Yeah. It's really hard to see the light. But I think if you've got those experiences good, to draw back from. Absolutely. You've seen the, the shit times. You've seen what you've actually done before. Everyone, everyone in the world has their own story and it's their own challenge. And their journey is their journey and their struggle is their struggle. It's different to yours, different to mine. And that might be big for them. It might be massive for them and... It's good to it's good to reflect on those and befriend them to to propel any challenges or any any opportunities forward for the next for that next phase in your life because it's never always pretty it's never always perfect it's far from it and and I think that that's the like I now through practice because man on the journey that I've been on I feel like I've dealt like I mean I've I've had people like my parents being like just come home. Like the amount of times that my mum has like said, do you want me to send you some money? And I'm like fucking 27 year old dude living in California trying to have a crack. And I've got my mum sending me money. And you know how shit you feel when you, you know, you just feel like you're taken from all these people and you're not getting anywhere. So you go, no, I'm not fucking doing it. And it's like, then when you, you come out of that, and then you know you do get a, that bit of money and then you do transfer that bit of money back to your mum and whatever that it, that it is it's like you fucking won mm-hmm. and that's where the beauty of that is if you didn't if you just had that real steady flow and I always like I say to people like people like cocaine or 
whatever because it's like different to the norm like you've got this baseline and then you do cocaine and then it's like whoa there goes the baseline and then you're you're high and then you've got on the up opposite end of that you've got like that sadness and you're like real down and then it gets you back to that baseline but if you just kind of go along on that linear baseline no high no low you're not there's no real experience like the experiences that you kind of want are on the high end or the low end and i think we shy away from the low end because the high end feels better but it's the yin and the yang like you need both of those to feel good the good feels better when it comes from you know the harder place and i think that's why when you see like the most relatable version of that would be like um a football player coming back from injury to win the grand final that that grand final was gonna feel good regardless but how much fucking sweeter does that grand final win when you just did your acl the year Mm. before and everybody told you that your career was done you know what i mean so it's like it's that it's from it's from the lows that the the highest highs are created in my opinion and in my experience and that's now something that it's it's so it's hard with you know you run you're going through something for the first time this is your first roadblock maybe some someone's listening to this podcast and they're in a struggle right now and it hasn't been one that they've had to deal with before so they don't have that point of reference to be like you know what on the on the other side of this is the best feeling i'll have because of how low i am here Mm. and i think that that's i know for me when i talk to friends that say that they struggle with stuff that's one of the things that i really stress to people is that the highest highs are directly related to the lowest lows and i i i think that's a important message to kind of tell people it's like don't expect or don't strive for perfection and happiness all the time strive to come back from the lowest shit better than you were before yeah and that's what learning's all about i guess you don't you don't learn from your wins even the greatest philosophers of all time will tell you the same thing you know your albert einsteins and you know your ray dalios and all these sort of very successful people say that you you don't you don't learn from your your wins you learn from your losses you learn from your mistakes and you learn from your fuck-ups mm-hmm. you learn from your places of real pain and i think that's that's something that we 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 promote in in living own your own your vulnerabilities because i think it doesn't get spoken about enough and especially for males in particular it's extremely something that it's not common for a male to say yeah. oh, i'm not feeling well like i'll bury my emotions i'll just suppress them i'll put on a fake mask and it's something what i i keynote around so it's called smiling depression yeah and it's like that's a really good term man and it's like at what cost at yeah. what cost are you willing to hide this shit Oh, yeah, hang on. Something's going on with that mic. Give us the swing around. No, it's nothing you're doing. Just check all these plugged in. Should be sweet. Sorry, dude. All right, all good. But yeah, I mean... At, at, at what cost are you yeah, hiding that cost, shit? At what cost, yeah. Like, at what emotional pain and cost are you willing to go to hide the real you? Like, it's is it worth it? Probably not. And breaking the stigma on mental health is living's vision is breaking the stigma on on mental health that's everything we do Mm. and it's hard it's real hard because there's stigma and it's always going to be there 
it's about changing people's behaviours and attitudes. And, and I can tell you right now, when I was at high school, I didn't have anyone come in to talk to me about mental health. Yeah. I had sex education at best, you know, and that was a blur still. Did you, did you ever have that Harold, that, <laughs> yeah, that uh, giraffe dude? Yeah, we actually did now that I remember. Yeah, yeah, that, was, know, that was in my primary school. I saw um, I saw that Harold. Healthy Harold or something? Yeah, yeah. I actually saw him on the on the highway in Brizzy. And it just, you know, when you get like those flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. That's the extent of... Yeah, of what we had like because how old are you? Uh, 29 yeah so we're the same age yeah turning 30 next week I'm not real happy about it mate just own it fucking yeah, own it I'm not happy at all yeah nah, I'm man. right it's I'm right there life in front of me I'm right there with you I've, I've got 30 coming up and I'm like geez, what have I done that's good 30's a new 20 that's it mate um yeah there's a lot of help like I mean but we didn't we didn't have that nah, shit back then we never had it it was like a yeah, you go to school, you learn maths, science, English, biology, and it's all well and good, but no one ever teaches you life. No one ever teaches you... No one ever teaches you life skills. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we're trying to touch on with, with living. Everything that we do is around trying to give people the real shit, the real tools. Yeah, it's funny. Like, um, I was just on that school thing. Like, I started... Um, I just had to create some spreadsheets for some, like, advertising stuff. And I was like, oh, this is algebra. And I was like, oh, I should have listened in algebra. I can't remember any of this shit. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I'll just Google it. <laughs> and in five seconds, I'd done the thing. So it's like we spend, well, I hate to know how much time I spent in school on doing these algebra equations that when I actually need it, it took five minutes for me to figure it out. So oh, it's like, yeah. you're right. You spend so much time on shit. But I think that um, the people that would react in a way that you would say is par for the stigma of you know i guess that negative reaction that we're trying to eliminate and living is trying to eliminate a lot of those people are probably just dealing with the shit that they're themselves and their way of it's like you said they're sort of in denial about it and their way of um combating that and not letting people know that they're struggling is to to kind of speak in that like negative rhetoric that creates the stigma yeah yeah absolutely and it's blaming other things and it's pretending like it doesn't exist and everyone will play a part in this everyone plays a part an active role in breaking the stigma on mental health it's mm. not up to live and live and they're doing the best we can and we're very grateful with all the support and this is a shout out possibly to all the people that help and support living no, from all walks of life because we're oh, it blows my mind every day how grateful um i am and i know casey is and everyone that's part of the living movement of what they've created because that the, the essentially the living charity is everyone's charity and that's what we want it to, to mm. be and it just continues to blow my mind about all walks of life you know everyone no matter where you're from what socioeconomic background no matter what your region is no matter where in australia or in the world you are you know you're going to play a role in breaking the stigma down around mental health because what you say or do next may be contributing or or, or helping yeah. helping the cause in, in some way shape or, or detracting form. as yeah. well you know and it's it's very common i mean one in five people will experience a mental health illness or a mental health challenge in the next 12 months so whether it's you your friend your mom your dad your brother or sister or a relative it's 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 more likely than not that it's going to be someone in your direct or immediate family that may or may not be struggling in the next 12 months so be real about it uh, be open about it and we just like to you know reassure people that while there is a that famous saying you're not alone you're not alone 
have an open mind in the really dark times when you're struggling is to own own your own your shit and just accept it for what it is yeah acknowledge it as best as you can and and use that as power to make positive changes in your own life and it doesn't diminish you as a person to be going you know because like i i mean i don't really talk about a lot of like relationship stuff with the podcast but i mean there was a there was a point in time where in uh ricky and my relationship where um i was having like some some real dramas with myself and i was acting out in ways that were it was just like sabotage like self-sabotage and there was this front that i was trying to put on as being like the alpha male very like you know you can come to me for help i'm the i'm the fucking man that kind of shit that i think is is the male stigma Mm. and i thought that if i shared some of the problems that i was having and some of the vulnerabilities that i was having then it would detract from me as a man and me as the alpha person in the relationship and all the bullshit which it is that's just bullshit it's just rumination in your own mind yeah exactly and and i didn't want to admit that and i thought that if i did it would take away from what we had but it was the complete opposite i broke down everything that was happening and i just fully opened up for like the probably the first time in my life really and the exact opposite thing happened Mm. you get a deeper bond you get a deeper relationship you get a deeper respect for someone when you can give them open up to what the issues are that you're having and then you're letting that that person into your world and and i had this idea in my head that it would detract from our relationship but it added to it because i think people want to feel connected people want to feel that you trust them you know with issues and and if someone is a true friend if someone is a true partner a a supportive parent then they're gonna want you to talk to them they're gonna want like because yeah I, i think there is that thing where you've you don't want to put your burden on other people. You don't want to have them think you're soft or take away from that alpha thing. It didn't take away from any of that stuff. It strengthened the relationship yeah. through that. And I, th- I think that that's a, and I mean, I'd like to think I'm pretty across this stuff and you know, it's something I, I do think about, but I still had trouble doing it myself. And until I really did that, I wasn't able to see just how powerful that could be to you know to share and it's taking that step like you said like you, you didn't realize the impact that that would have on on a relationship or and and if it was a even if it was a mate or someone in your family you, you in the moment when you're struggling you feel like no one will get it yeah and it's like ruminating in your head or is it gonna make am i gonna lose my job telling someone at work or am i gonna you know, are they going to not like me? They're going to treat yeah, exactly. me differently. Yep. Am I going to be weird? And that—that that is the cost that comes for people going. All right, well, I'd prefer to bury it. Yeah, I'm just going to put this hard face on. But like anything, you can only hold on to so much. It's mm. like a, a glass of water. You can keep tipping water into it, but at some level, and you can hold that water out there as long as you want. But at some level, that water, you can hold it for an hour, hour and a half if you're Hercules. But at some level, you're going to be getting a sore arm. Yeah. You know, your arm's going to ache, it's going to shake, and at some stage it's going to drop and break, right? You're going to make a lot of mess. Or you can give that glass to a friend or someone in your relationship or family and ask them if they can help you to hold it up. A problem shared is a problem halved. And it's it's getting that courage, you know, to get to that stage to actually 
ask for help mm. and then you'll be like I'm so thankful I did it like the amount of people that come through our channels like you were the first people we told after six years and we listened to you at a, at a, at a you know a mental health discussion or a forum or a school talk and we, we left and we, we for the first time we told our parents and mm. I was living for six or seven ten years in denial and I didn't want to tell anyone and I feel so much better telling someone now mm. And it's so hard though when you're on that fence and you're just about to tell someone it's like oh my god i'm is it going to open up and, and make things worse or is it going to help and save me mm. um but that that that's that's that fine line where the person who's struggling or, or dealing with certain stories or emotions or journeys have to take that ownership on themselves to say all right i'm going to do it mm. you know because you don't someone that might be listening that might be helping someone with a mental health challenge is you don't want to push them to a stage where it becomes unhelpful because mm. you can you can be unhelpful if you're nagging someone to get help and if you don't help yourself i'm done with you you don't want to say things like that because it's unhelpful yeah. you just want to if you feel it's un, it's not working and you're trying to help someone but they don't want to help themselves just remember you can only do so much from yourself uh be proactive check in with that person every now and then maybe send them a message once a week how are you doing how are things is there anything i can help you with G give them some opportunity to to ask for help they're, they're really helpful things. Don't tell someone to harden up or get over it. No, you'll be right. There's people in third world countries that don't complain. Look, why are you complaining? You've got a house, you've got yeah. a great relationship. All that shit doesn't matter. Yeah. When you're struggling, you're struggling. Money, family, that shit doesn't matter. It doesn't even come into your mind. It doesn't matter if you've got a bank account that's nine figures or it doesn't matter if you've got the most well put together family on this earth. If your shit's not feeling right, it's just not feeling right. So don't ever compare and think to yourself, oh, fuck why do I feel like this I've got everything I shouldn't feel like this that's, that's not the that's not the point here if you feel bad and you, and you not feel well speak up and, and try and share it because you know more times than not there's going to be a lot more people that want to help you and support you getting back on track to live in your life and it doesn't matter what you do own or don't own that stuff's irrelevant and I think that too people need to get away from that that cultural um the cultural factors that you think depression is linked to depression is linked to the chemistry that is going on in your brain and where your brain doesn't give a fuck about your bank account or your nice car or your good job if there's some things that have set off reactions in your brain that have led you down a path to where those chemicals are now out of whack it's out of whack it doesn't yeah. matter if your friend thinks you've got a good life and i think that mm. i think that maybe too much of our gauge of like oh mate your fucking life's great that's you're right it is irrelevant like i think people need to know that depression is a it's a biological thing there's imbalances that have been created and it happens over time and it, it's a lot of different factors that come to play to where it's not just what you see on the face value and you know like we said with a guy like robbie madison he's got every fucking world record that you could think of <laughs> traveled all over the world you know what i mean and there's something that's happened and look that could be from concussions that could be from traumatic injuries that could be from so many factors but it's it sort of it is on a biological level as well and it's not just 
the socioeconomic yeah, fucking Yeah, it's a combination. That- it's an absolutely combination. And I'll, I want to make it clear too on this podcast, just so no one thinks I'm a doctor or a psychologist because yeah. I'm certainly not. I'm not a professional, trained, mental health qualified expert by any means. This is this is truly off lived experience and lived experiences only. Uh, and obviously I work, you know, we've got consultants that we work with doctors and, and GPs and, and what else. So we have a fair good understanding about what, what yeah. is and what isn't. And as you said, I mean, combination it's a combination of, of things it could be biological it could be um, a social issue it could be it could be a range of different things it could be something from childhood it might be a, yep. a brain chemistry uh, it might be it might be from drug abuse it might be from you know bullying in the schoolyard it might be you know alcoholism aggressiveness it, it, it's a range of different things it could be homelessness it's yep. it's there's, there's so many different areas that could you know be the be the adding forces behind your struggles there's not just one thing i can't just say yeah. okay i've lost my my brother now i'm gonna i'm gonna fall into a hole that that could be one major con- contributing factor yeah with a range of other things so there's a continuum you've got mentally unwell and or ill then you've got mentally well everyone in the world sits on the continuum it's a spectrum yeah yep from from unwell or ill through to mediocre through to mentally well and it and changes changes all the time changes every minute yep. of the day it's like changing your status it's like yeah you know, positive negative positive negative and um we all experience bad emotions we all experience lost trauma setbacks of life that's normal emotions yeah but where it starts being a problem and what a mental illness is is when that changes the way you behave mm. significantly and affects your way you live and it affects the way you live your life and deal with life challenges see when you're mentally healthy you can deal with life's challenges mm. you can bounce back from them whereas someone that's mentally ill that they, they don't have those coping mechanisms they don't have the strategies to be able to deal with life's challenges so it changes the way they behave they become socially disconnected they they might sleep more they might sleep less they might have change in appetite they might uh, not answer their phones when they normally would they they might try and lie to cover up certain things and as a good friend or a family member you can generally see certain warning signs but don't ever forget that the people that are the life of the party they're they're generally most of the ones that are struggling as well like don't ever think that someone just because they've got their shit together it looks like they've got their shit together they have their shit together because they probably don't isn't it funny too like talking on that you like i mean you'd you'd have to think like pretty much everyone's going to be a victim of bullying at school at Mm. some point right and those bullies, if I could look back now and well, when I do look back now and I know the parents that they come from and I know the family that they're in and I know the house that they lived in, when you're a kid, you don't really understand like, like his life fucking sucked mm-hmm. and none of that was his fault. He got born into that place and that environment. And I think that it's really, it's really hard to, obviously when you're a kid, it's really hard to see what's actually going on to where... I, instead of, you know, being like, fucking hate that dude, bullied me, rah, rah. The real thing to do is to reach out and go, dude, do you want to be my friend? Mm. Like you've probably, you know, and like you said, that life of the party, when you've got someone that's going so over the top, and I know dudes like that now, man, that they're so flamboyant over the top, hit the piss every weekend, let's go, like that attitude. And and it's like, I can almost see through that and be like, like, dude, you've, you've probably got some stuff that you don't really want to address. Yeah, you know what I mean totally. so it's like it's having those 
I, I guess like these conversations having a hard hitting conversation is so yeah. important and, and knowing so that yeah like you can listen to this and you're like man maybe that's that is my mate maybe he's got a bit of that going on and then you just randomly reach out and you don't you don't uh, dress it as a mental health conversation you just dress it as a real honest mate conversation where you know like you say for instance that mate that's just your party mate and he's always drinking and when you want to fucking send it that's the dude you call but you don't really talk to him too much on a personal on a personal level level. he's probably a guy that you should call and be like fuck what's happening brother how are you how's things how's job how's the missus oh you know you're still kind of seeing other chicks blah 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 like and actually have a real combo because like you said it's those it's the bully at school that's probably got some really deep issues it's the the guy at work that keeps antagonizing you because he's trying to make himself feel better it's that you know guy that only wants to party every weekend and it's and it's you know having those conversations have an open mind absolutely have the hard-hitting conversations i think they're super important don't be scared to ask the hard-hitting questions because if you don't know something that's fine no one no one has the answers to everything i mean no one and everyone that listens to this podcast you me we, we don't know everything about absolutely anything mm. the moment you think you know everything you, you you're you the dumbest be, dude in the room absolutely yeah. and and i think at the you know from all the all of these conversations and just have an open mind don't, don't be scared to ask the hard-hitting conversations and be honest with your friends like like you said, don't address it as a as a mental health conversation, so to speak. But maybe it's just being honest. Look, I'm I'm genuinely worried about you, man. Like you, like you can we can talk. I, I, that's fine. Yeah, but no judgment. Honest, no know, judgment yeah. at all. And just do listening. Like listen more than you talk, and listen listen reflective listening. Like really listen. You mm. know, there's a difference between listening and really listening. You know what's funny? Since we started the podcast, I've noticed that there's two types of conversations. There's a conversation where you're listening and then you're responding or there's a conversation where you're just waiting for your turn to talk. Mm. And I think that I was a dude that would do that waiting for your turn to talk thing. And it's so not productive. Like it's, it's really based on like you wanting to feel good about yourself. So you talk about yourself. And I think that, uh, yeah, just thinking about like, a, what a real conversation is can even be like a, a pretty powerful thing so because powerful. it's not until you do this whole thing where you like turn your phones off and you've got all like I've actually got my phone way too close to me um, but you know get you, it out of there. yeah get it out but you know when you start having like these really full on deep conversations and you actually realize like oh we probably we probably don't talk enough and I think that a lot of the times we use like phones as like this shield where it's like because oh, yeah. you've been on an airplane where you've had someone talking to you and you just go yeah yeah, yeah. fuck off mate <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I mean like, I just want me time you know yeah but, but I think we it's use our bubble dude right okay, and yeah. you, these become like your little insulation from people like talking to you and I think sometimes we do that with phones too where it's like oh yeah 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 like I'm you know what I mean I'm really not interested in what you're saying like mm. if you're going back to that so yeah it's like that really getting back to like what an actual conversation is go and have a coffee go and do something where you aren't on your phone where you're not talking about a social media article or this dude posted this or actually just fully put it away and see what comes out when there is no outside sort of influences yeah just be yeah absolutely honest i think is is so key so many people just tell you what you want to hear yeah and that's that's uh it's a big problem 
So mm. with um, sorry, cut you off with the with living. Like, so what's some of the stuff that you guys actively do within the charity? Yeah, cool. So living's got three pillars. We we run living wear, which is everything merch. So we yep. sell um, a fashion line, so to speak, online that gets sold and distributed internationally now. Yep. Uh, we don't wholesale it. It's just all through online. So living.org. We do living well is our second pillar, which I feel is probably the most important. And that's, um, I think they're all very, very important. And well, so the clothing stuff goes towards the charity. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yep. So the whole, the whole mission is breaking the stigma on mental health. Uh, underneath that is three pillars. So you've got live and wear. So that's everything merch, fashion. It's creating the conversation via selling Because it clothes. is a conversation. Yeah, so like, oh, what's living? Yeah. yeah, like what's living? And our mantra is it ain't weak to speak. And then it create the amount of conversations that it started and people have opened up and had confidence to open up. It's, it's a really good medium. Something that's fresh, new. It's young. It's 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 cool. Yeah. Uh, our second pillar is a living well. So that's everything education. So workshops in schools or corporate workplaces around awareness, uh, suicide prevention awareness. Most things sit around the prevention space. So breaking the stigma again, and then it's very cool, giving people the warning signs, basic tools to help themselves or someone else, where to go for professional help, how could you help your mate as just being a mate, uh, what are things that aren't helpful, things that we mentioned earlier, and also obviously a bit of backstory into living. So that's the living well, and we sell that into, uh, we donate, we get donations from workplaces and certain schools to fund other projects. Yep. And then the third pillar is living, living life. And that's all around, you know, community activations and working on the grassroots. So with, you know, working on activations within football camps, sports clubs, partnerships with, you know, footy clubs as well, or, um, you know, act, you know, acting studios or drama schools and whatever, whatever that area is. It's all around the community partnerships, working on the ground, doing fundraisers, events, everything events uh, is under living life and everything we put that all into one package we're breaking the stigma on mental health and we're trying to make it cool and um relatable in the young younger demographic because i think this is very preventative we've got to sit in the preventative yeah. space and that's where living is we're very positive very you know live your life own your shit take your vulnerabilities and own them yeah live live your life don't worry about what the person next to you don't worry if you've got a 50 friends on facebook or 100 likes it doesn't define who you are as a person you know it's about talking about the real real shit the real raw conversations that no other organization probably has because they're scared of maybe the output or or what it looks like and i think honestly man like to to have it come from a dude like you're a fucking cool dude you know what i mean like you know and you're not gonna sit here and say it but you're you're a cool guy and to have it come from a, a guy like yourself that it's not like to go against other people that it, it, it if anyone's doing it it's fucking good it's a positive thing but i think that it is not something that you'd see a guy like yourself really pushing and really kind of being the face of um and i think that even just that helps it makes it relevant to to our demographic our mm. age group and because you know we're probably in our i mean you'd probably know the numbers better than me but i'd, I'd guess that this age group is really the one that was probably heavily represented in the in the charts of people that suffer from from mental health problems yeah absolutely 18 18 to 24 is a is the is the age bracket that they say with stats and facts and evidence and, and research as in the highest suicide age age range 18 through 24 males in australia but you know mental illness 
mental health challenges and suicide is the leading cause of death for for you know for most Australians for up to 44 so I mean yeah it's it's a growing concern and we're doing our best to, to make a change wherever and however we can and we're very grateful with all the support that we get from all walks of life we wouldn't be able to and we wouldn't be where we are today if we didn't have the support that we had so we're very thankful and you know it's it's a it's a team you know it's a it's a, a mantra I, I stick and I you know I love teamwork makes a dream work yeah I don't care what anyone says you can't do anything on your own no business no operation no relationship is, is a one-man band and then it never will be it's always a, a team team approach and that's just the way I've always looked at it. It's got to be a trip. Like, two thousand. When did you start the charity? Two thousand and thirteen, September. So you pretty much you lost your best mate, and you just said, "Righto, we're doing it." Is it a trip to see how far it's come to where you can really devote your life to doing it? Because mm. I mean, not many people have, I guess, like the conviction or even the um, fearlessness to go after something like this. Because it must have been when you said to like you know your mates and your mum dad i'm gonna start a charity like the the natural inclination is like yeah righto you know what i mean like yeah have, have a crack good luck but it's not like a because you know it's again you, it's hard to see past the right now and the mm -hmm. right now of you saying like oh i'm gonna start a charity and you know it's really hard for people to get a picture of what it could be but i mean it, it must have been a a pretty ballsy move on your behalf and you would have been right at the age where it was time to get a career and that whole thing so to like dedicate your, your life to something at such a young age when there was no you know secure future in it there was no um clear vision of what it is now and you'd have to say no to a career and all that other stuff like it's definitely a ballsy move and, yeah, and to be where you are now is pretty crazy yeah again very appreciative very grateful wouldn't be where we are today without the support and i'll, I'll say that always I, I i can't thank enough for the people who have helped us get to where we are and we'll continue to grow as best as we can and i mean in 2013 when this all started it was it was something that we didn't it wasn't a choice it was something that we had to do yeah it was something that me personally i had to devote myself to because it was uh something that you obviously had like personal. a bit of guilt there right absolutely yeah. absolutely i felt you know did i do enough maybe i didn't do enough what can i do now to to, to honor Dwayne and to the other people that i've lost in my life and family and everything else that have taken their life to suicide i mean it's yeah, it was very personal to me this was like the the the, the edge for me this was like that tipping point in my life when Dwayne passed away it was like all right this is there's no fucking around no more I've my life was hanging on by a thread itself and I didn't really know what I was doing and I was like nah this is it's 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 sad but like the most tragic of circumstances has created a purpose in in Casey's life and my life and and other people that who are working with us to create a change like something so terrible and something so bad that we'd take back yeah in a heartbeat Man, that'd have to be like, obviously you can't take it back, but I mean, you even wonder if your mate would, if like, if he could go like, oh, no, you got, I'll stay where I'm at, like, mm. because I've helped all these people. You know what I mean? Like, even, yeah, that would be Dwayne's, that, you know what I mean? Like that, that probably would be giving. the attitude. Yeah, he was very giving and Casey and Dwayne were best mates. They grew up together uh, from a very young age. They're pretty much brothers in their, in their own right. And um, yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne would have. I reckon he'd probably say that. He'd yeah. probably say, "You guys just keep doing what you're doing." He'd be proud. There's no doubt about that. But 
there's no level of like okay enough's enough like we're just yeah. gonna keep going now like we're, we're, we're on momentum Let, let's keep let's keep changing the way people behave and understand mental health because i my, my biggest bucket list and people ask what's your goals with living and where do you want to take this thing like how are you going to get it there and for me it's like it's a simple no-brainer i want living to outlive me that's my bucket list that's my goal um and if living just does that that's that's a it's a that's a that's a pretty good goal in my mind it's never been about the money i want living to be all very philanthropic for me uh i do acting outside of living so hopefully a career in acting can help uh boost a charity on an international scale uh and we've got some big plans to take this worldwide um but you know one step at a time and one day at a time so and we have our challenges it's not it hasn't been easy it's been very challenging times where you know when we we're first starting like can we even do this like yeah but there was nothing that ever i, I never had any self-doubt i've never had any self-doubt about living um getting to where it is because i believe in it i believe in the people behind it and i've yeah it comes from a very sacred place mm. yeah you can tell like the intentions and stuff are obviously you can't come from a, a yeah. more pure place you know what i mean how much of um living saved your own life in a way I pretty much did yeah absolutely yeah so, and i'm trying to explore these things as i as i as i grow it's been four and a half years into into living and yeah living saved my life absolutely yeah there's it, no doubt about it it's yeah it's it's got to just be because i know even for me like reading the messages after we we did drop that robbie podcast mm. and i was just like i had no real first of all i didn't have any intentions of like help helping people in that front like I didn't think it was something that would help people so it wasn't not like I was against helping people like if that sounded bad but it's like it wasn't even something on my radar but then as soon as the messages did start coming in it really did drive me then to be like well how many more people are going through this you know what I mean and how many more people could you help by spreading that message and like I can't imagine what it would be like for you with the amount of messages you guys would receive and the community and the following that you've created to just get that perspective of how many lives you have touched if that makes sense yeah it's you can't put a number on it it's unquantifiable and yeah i we casey and i and my 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 kitchen is where this pretty much started we're selling t-shirts and we never thought fuck in four years time it's going to be this we were just it was a passion project for us like we both worked full-time while we did this full-time it was like gnarly and and it was like you know we have to devote our full time to this for for it to be work to, to be to work properly yeah and we 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 both had a plan and we we slowly begun that transition and a lot of people reach out to us and you know I'm, I'm again i'm very grateful and hopefully we continue to help people and hopefully we we can help point people in the right direction to get the help and support that they need because everyone deserves to to be here uh, no matter the background whatever it is everyone deserves to live life and anyone that's out there that's listening that doesn't feel like they belong here or they're a burden it's you're not a burden at all like it, that that's part of the mental illness it's part of the brain chemistry uh, altercation that's telling you something different it's not true it's not going to be true and you just need to hold on get through the tough patch because it does it does expire and you know i look at you know the most brutalist times in my life is like i like to think things certain things happen for a reason yeah and yeah, this fucking oath saved my life on, on every front possible. Like I, I looked at the effect that this had and the mental, the the, uh, the best way to explain this, because I haven't really explained it actually on anything, but the, the best way to put this is when you, when you feel like you've got two options, you live or you die. 
you don't really you've you've got to do everything you can to live and and this and the 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 experience that not only me but like Dwayne's family and his friends look what they endured yeah the effect that this has had on thousands of people from all walks of life there's Dwayne's all over the world imagine the impact and the ripple effect that this is having on people I saw that with my own eyes and I'm like fuck I've got to do something about this like this is not I can't be another statistic here and then this is that we just were on a whole little bit of a journey and this is where it's ended it's not ended yet this is still going this is where we're at this is where we're at and this is just the beginning I could only scrape the surface Um, with the platform that you guys have I'm super into um, into alternative kind of research and um, medication for this kind of stuff because I I think that if you look at the statistics behind SSRIs Mm -hmm. it's a fucking crapshoot and I think that there's a real problem that we've got right now in terms of the system, if you want to call it that, to where um, we're prescribing medications and we've got, you know, you've got like a battery of, of possible medications that we can use to treat antidepressants and, you know, in particular the SSRIs and the, and the numbers don't really reflect a very positive um, impact. And I think that if it was any anything else we'd kind of go let's can these drugs because the the rate of efficiency is really not where it should be like if you take nurofen it's going to do something to combat your pain mm-hmm. and then if your pain is too much for that nurofen then you get something else nurofen plus and panadine then you've got it, yeah. panadine for it. then you've got like uh, those those chemicals target the recept pain receptors and then they they dumb that response and i don't think that we have that effectiveness with um ssris and i think that is that something that you guys kind of look at? Is there like a, a kind of um, a treatment thing that now you've got a platform to like kind of advocate for some different research and stuff think, like that? Yeah, I think research is always getting done in this space. I don't think it's... I think, again, SSRIs, they, they, they certainly work for some people. For some, yeah. Yeah, but again, it's a combination. The thing is with the system and, and it's kind of a little bit of a... It's, it's messy to a certain point. Yeah. Um, but... D- you don't have a really a personal time when you go see a gp for example it's 15 minute time slots you know you're in and you're out and there's no real personal discovery of what this person may or may not be going through so for for a lot of certain and and not to name anyone but yeah for protocol for certain people is like here take this you'll probably feel better but it's and if you don't come back and i'll put you on something and it's just like that messes the mind up it can mess the mind up even more so it can be helpful unhelpful again it's all about each individual everyone's very different certain ssris work for some people zoloft got me through five years of my life um and and then i became like a zombie and i got off it and and that was for me i mean when i needed it it helped me when you when you came off that um did you go like this is fucking with me like i I have to get off this or do you think it was like what what was your experience with using antidepressants? Yeah, for me it was uh, again I was probably one of those people that had got switched and changed to a number of different ones, probably about ten or fifteen. Um, told I had this, told I had that. No, you don't do this. No, you don't do that. But for me it was five years on something, and I sort of zombied out to a certain point where I really didn't have any emotions. I was very just yeah. flatlined, and it wasn't really enjoyable at that stage. So I just decided, you know, I know my body well enough, and I'm going to get off them and. Uh, use natural you know natural remedies like exercise i'm gonna run i'm gonna i'm gonna go train i'm gonna you know read books and Man, the, the yeah. statistics of exercise treating depression versus antidepressants 
Like if you could prescribe exercise in a tablet, It'd be epic. Like that's what that would fucking fix so many people. It'd help. It's It'd help it's it's crazy, sure. eh? That like in terms of the studies that mm. reflect the effectiveness of it. Yeah. But you can't put it in a tablet no, that people can't. take. And it's it, again, it's people think exercise is like strenuous thirty minutes in the gym, sweating your balls out. But at the end of the day, it's it. You could just be a brisk walk down the beach or whatever for half an hour a day. You're gonna get a lot of good benefits from it. But again, it's everyone's different. Yeah. What works for me right now may not work for no one else. Mm. But there is combinations, and it's just finding that right combination for you as a person, and then living with a management plan, and then you can get back on track and you can live a normal life. Yeah. There's no doubt about about it. Sorry at all. Uh, it's just about finding that right fit. It's like buying a new pair of shoes. If it doesn't fit well, you're not going to buy them. It's like having a, a, a relationship. If you don't have that connection with them, you're not really deep to their core, you don't really understand them, you don't have a good fit, she probably doesn't, or he or whoever it is, doesn't get you, you're probably not going to stay with them. It's the same thing with finding a psychologist, for example. If you, if you don't have a good f- feel with the one, don't give up right then. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that they can't help. A lot of people have this fake perception that, oh, I've listened to everything you've said and you've inspired me to for the first time in my life to go and speak up and seek help and people people put these uh, psychologists or psychiatrists on this golden pedestal that they're this gonna fit yeah they're gonna be they're gonna fix you but but you have to have chemistry with them you gotta have chemistry with them you gotta have um a relationship with them a connection and again it's everyone's very different Mm. so have those manage those expectations because it might take you 10 doctors to see and doctors might not even help you Mm. but that that's just for you and it might be for me i might take one person now to see and i've got a great relationship with it with them sorry but that's very it's it's a there's no set plan Mm. there's a there's a bunch of different combinations but there's no set okay go to this person he will help you have an open mind and don't don't be damaged or let down if you go to that doctor today if you're listening and you're inspired by our conversation and then give up after that because there's people out there that can help there's definitely people that can help yeah, even um, that kind of period that I alluded to before, like I actually went and saw a psychiatrist, and um, and it was a it was a helpful, really helpful thing just to unpack in mm. in a way because look, man, like I don't care how understanding your mum is, your girlfriend is, your brother is, like there's talking to somebody, you need to do it, but there is a definitely a freedom that comes with talking to somebody that has no fucking horse in the race then that's what i think that uh, i think in, if you want to talk about a stigma i think that i thought i was like i'm not going fucking therapy like that you look at it in movies and you see like it's so and it's almost been um it's almost got its own stigma around it now through like uh tv and shit like that like oh i'm gonna see my therapist and it and you kind of look at it like fuck really (laughs) and i definitely had that that stigma about it and i was like what's this person gonna be able to say to me that i don't already know but it's like go and see someone Mm -hmm. and just unpack with no judgment they don't fucking know you absolutely you know what i mean and it's like i think that there there is you need to talk to your family you need to talk to your friends but there are consequences that come with that they're going to be positive consequences in the long run but when that person knows you when you see that person again there there is a there, it's a different thing than talking to someone that's completely unbiased and there, it's very liberating to get that weight off your shoulders and that was something that i didn't expect when i went and spoke to uh, the lady that i spoke to 
and then um you know like you come back home and oh how'd you go with your thing and what did she say and you say well she didn't really say anything i sort of said a bunch of stuff and and i mean i've found it on the podcast you like start to form these ideas as you say them because we get these ideas in our head and they just sort of live there and it's not a very convenient place for an idea to live you need it to be out you need to explain it and it sort of develops as you talk and i think that's what i found when i spoke to somebody is that all this fucking shit that i had going on in my head was super messy it was super loose it was very cluttered there was a lot of stuff in there but that one you know they asked that one question blah blah blah, blah and then you just go off on this tangent yeah, and they let you unpack and create meaning and sense out of the things that you've been jumbling in your head for god knows yes. how long yeah so true man absolutely so and it's just having that confidence to get to that stage and that's the that can be the hardest challenge for all uh, uh for everyone but the thing the beauty about seeing a therapist and no one has to fucking know yeah she doesn't know you or he doesn't know you you don't have to tell anybody you just go and it's it's a completely anonymous experience and i think that um that's probably the thing that would have got me over the line a lot sooner if you to knew talk, that. if i yeah, if more. i got that perspective of like look it means nothing like i could be talking to someone just completely random and completely like just this person's got nothing to do with me they they legally can't talk about you like this is zero consequence to going and, and talking and, and unpacking and i think that i just i didn't really have a good enough understanding of that or i would have done it sooner yeah absolutely and that's that's pretty much what you said then is everything that we're trying to do is just educate people give mm. people the understanding because it's something that's lacking it's next to zero we don't we're not born with mental health literacy skills mm. so we're just trying to give people the basics to get back on track to to see the bigger picture because there's help out there and there's there's much support and help have you um have you looked into any of like the psilocybin treatment and stuff like that for for uh depression no uh, man there is some crazy... I wish we could Google some shit now, but um, I'm, I might post some links. We have like a closed, like a forum kind of oh, yeah, group nice. for the podcast. I'll post some links in there. But um, there is some crazy shit that's going down with um, microdosing um, psilocybin, which is mushrooms. Wow. And the, they've done like... Um, so it's been cleared for, I think, like phase three clinical testing. So actually, so the FDA which in America is the um, association that, well, the, the Federal Drug Administ Administration Association. So yeah, they're the ones that yay or nay, um, new drugs, development of drugs, testing of drugs. So obviously psilocybin, which ma magic mushrooms is a, a legal substance. So you can't actually do clinical testing on them without government approval. So now the US has got to a stage where the FDA, that the, the People are so unhappy with the success rates of SSRIs that um, the US government has approved the FDA to do phase three trials of psilocybin. So you take a, because um, basically the, the receptors um, that SSRIs target are the same ones um, that the psilocybin targets, but it's just fully natural. So you take a microdose, which is one tenth of a recreational dose. So you have no physical effects. You have no hallucinations. You have no nothing. And, but the chemical, the psilocybin chemical is binding to the serotonin receptors in your brain that the SSRIs are trying to, um, wow. that, that's what they're targeting to affect, but it's very hit or miss. So, but they've found 
like ridiculously successful. It was like 70 or 80% on a double blind placebo test of people getting um, these non psychoactive or non hallucinogenic doses of magic mushrooms wow. and having um, and having results that lasted like six to eight months. So like there's some crazy shit going on. And in a country that was legal to do that, I have done micro dose of mushrooms and the fear and I, w- I wouldn't say that oh, I definitely was not in like a depressive state when I did it but there was a, a feeling of happiness a feeling of gratefulness oh you gotta get out of this scene but yeah there's a feeling of gratefulness and and um like just general well-being that came from taking I think my dose was 0.12 of a milligram of mushrooms so there's no you get no physical feelings there's no you don't feel any of the typical what you'd associate like yeah, a, a yeah, trip yeah but um yeah you get like all of those benefits and the testing i'll send you some articles yeah it's wow fucking, it sounds it's fascinating. fucking incredible it's, it's and interesting what they're working on i mean there's a there's a few other ones i know there's a ketamine treatment uh, yeah which is pretty it's i think it's almost legal at the moment i think they're trying their studies in sydney at the moment but they're doing um, it with mdma yeah. as well for post-traumatic stress yeah, but right. that's why i was curious when i asked about the because you guys have a platform and i think that it'd be hard for people what i think it needs now is for people to know about these kind of alternative treatments like with the psilocybin and then go to you know people in australia and you know you guys have a platform you know to put forward these kind of ideas and say maybe we should do something with these testing you know, and try and get some things going and the conversation going because as much as there's a stigma around mental health there's a stigma around the use of psychedelic mushroom yeah, yeah, you know what i'm saying so anyway there's a ton of stuff we could talk forever but i know you've got to get out of here so i really appreciate your time and tell everybody all the links all the instagrams all the everything what they can do to support living yeah first i just want to say thank you for having me on the show to as a bit of a foundation to to spread the love to to everyone that's listening hopefully it's helped someone uh who's who's tuning in as we speak or who will be tuning in at at a later date or a later stage everyone can head to living.org as our website all of our socials are just living.org l-i-v-i-n-o-r-g and uh yeah please any help support would be greatly appreciated uh, i'd be forever grateful and yeah love to help if we ever can help you guys no for sure and so people that get on and buy the t-shirts and buy things like that that directly goes to support the charity yeah. and events that you guys do yeah. so i would encourage people in the gypsy gang to go and get some merch uh and yeah if they look it up if there's any events near you if there's anything um, that you can kind of get involved with, with the charity go and do it because the message is a fucking good one and it's one we wholeheartedly endorse so really appreciate your time mate Uh, thank you very much thanks guys thanks for having me awesome dude all right that's it thanks to everybody for listening to the end and just one last time quick shout out to our sponsors boost mobile you can follow them at boost oz and head to boost.com.au and also to our boys and girls at nobby underwear at nobby.com.au and on their social medias at nobby underwear we have some epic podcasts coming up one in the bag with brad smila uh, ex-wakeboarder and now quadriplegic and one inspirational dude uh, we're up in Cairns, like i think i mentioned earlier maybe i didn't and we'll be doing a podcast up here with the one and only glenn jacobs anyone that's into mountain biking will know who that absolute legend is 
So yeah, stay tuned guys. And again, just drop us a line on the social medias. And also merch, we've been uh, just started shipping our first lot of merch. So head to gypsytailpodcast.com slash shop if you want to get some of that gypsy towels swag thanks for listening everyone and we will see you next time